Do you know what an au pair is? Well, find out today what that is from somebody who came to America to be one, but now is the CEO of a large company that is dedicated to helping Amazon sellers get the keyword ranks that they desire. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got another in-house guest today, Isabella Hamilton. Isabella, how's it going? Oh, my God. So good. It's so good to be here, Bradley. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for coming here. Now you are actually local to me down there in San Diego. So now you have a little taste of the drive I have to do every day to come right. here, right? Yeah. It's, it's not too bad, but doing it every day back and forth, uh, it can uh, be a little bit too much. That's why I'm looking <laughs> for a Tesla because that autopilot, and then I can do work while I drive or while, while the car drives itself. So that's what I'm trying to, Oh my goodness. Would you get. really trust that? Uh, I trust technology. So maybe too much, <laughs> but Hey, that's me. Now I met you first, I believe it was in Vegas, I think, but it was actually Prosper, not SellerCon, right? No, it was Prosper. Yes. yes. I still remember it was one of those after parties, one of the networking events. Yes. Um, I think that another serious seller guest, Nathan from FreeUp had done. And I was like, how have I not heard about you being a big player in the field and you're <laughs> from my hometown? So we'll, we'll get a little bit more into what you do later, but sure. uh, what I always start with as I do with everybody is their origin story, because the point I want to get across is there are people of all walks of life who are now in the industry and very successful. And I've had, I don't know, 50, 60 guests so far, and there has not been two people that have had even a remotely close origin story. So let's talk about, let's go way back. Where, where did you grow up originally? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I know I lost a little bit of my accent, but I think it comes out when I'm nervous, maybe just a tiny bit, uh, but yeah, so I'm from Romania and I've been in U.S. for the past, I would say 16 years now. I think after 10, you kind of lose track. You're like 16, 17, mm-hmm. not sure, but about that time. So my dream has always been to come to U.S. because I felt like Romania was just a little bit too small for me. And uh, I always felt like U.S. is the land of opportunities, which it really is. And I wanted to take a chance and see how I will do. And I came here and absolutely fell in love with this country. It really is um, the greatest country. Okay. So 16 years ago. So, so basically you were 10 years old when you came here, right? Exactly. You were a nanny at 10 years old. Okay. (laughs) I Um, appreciate that. (laughs) All right. So you went to high school then and you're schooling all in Romania. Correct. Yes. All right. So then you, you came here and did you find a family? Yeah. So the, the company sets you up with a family and, uh, you can stay for up to one year. And I finished that. I went back to Romania for a little bit and decided that this is where I want to be. So I came back while I was still on the program and, uh, signed up for college and went to school here to be able to remain in this country. Was that also here in San Diego or in California or yes, somewhere else? This okay. was in San Diego. Yes. Okay. So then now, did you finish university? I did. Actually, um, I started uh, my my schooling with a psychology degree, and then I uh, decided to switch to computational science. 
And then uh, I moved overseas. I actually lived in Africa and Asia for about three years, uh, Rwanda and Burma. And while I was there, I couldn't do computational science because it was a very new program at the time. And there was nothing like it online. Like you actually had to be present uh, to do that. So I uh, just did accounting. <laughs> so now I have a degree in accounting. I know from psychology all the way to accounting. Hmm. Well, what brought you to Rwanda and Burma? I mean, usually it's like, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, Malaysia for you or Singapore or which, Bali which or something. I've been, which uh-huh. I've been to all those places and they're beautiful. Um, one of my passions is definitely traveling. Uh, my husband is a U.S. Marine. And we were stationed in the, those two countries. And we ah, actually okay. both worked for uh, the U.S. government while we were there at the U.S. Embassy. Okay. So then were you one of those, you know, like, I, I don't know if you've heard the podcast with Carlos Alvarez that we had recently. He was one that who was kind of like, he knew from a very early age, he wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like he would, you know, he was a fourth grade dropout and he would go and, and buy things and sell them to his, his friends in school, like, you know, from elementary school. Now, were you one of those where that entrepreneurial bug kind of hit you early or were you kind of like a late bloomer as far as that goes? I was an early, early entrepreneur. And I think that's what really made me come to this country because it was very closed off for me. Like Romania, you know, we had communism and um, it was very hard to pursue your dreams when it comes to being an entrepreneur. So I finished high school. I, I really wanted to work. Um, to be able to get a really good job there, you have to know somebody. And I know it sounds bad. So uh, they don't really look, and I don't want to say now because I'm sure times have changed, but in the past, you had to be somebody to be able to get a position, which is so um interesting. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to give it other no, names. No, yeah. Um, so I wasn't able to do anything that I really wanted. And that's when I decided, you know, this is way too small for me. I need to get out of this little box and I need to pursue my dreams. So the difference between Romania and us is here, uh, nobody asks you, you know, who your parents are. They don't care about where you come from. They care about what you can do and h- how you can improve somebody's life in a way. And uh, I love that because I can only stand on what I, uh, what I am and what I'm building rather than what my parents did or who they are in my city. Right. So um, I think that's one of the, the best things about this country. You can be yourself. Very true. Very true. You actually came here today. I don't know how you guys met, but now you're BFFs with another former serious sellers podcast, Christina, <laughs> who also had a, a similar story, you know, too, yes. coming from uh not exactly Russia. It Belarus. was Belarus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Belarus is where she came from. So now let's fast forward a little bit about e-commerce right. uh, in particular. So you, you kind of had this entrepreneurial bug. Now, did you have any endeavors in e-commerce, you know, before you're doing what you're doing now? Like, did you start your own dot com or, or did you sell on eBay or anything like that? No, I actually haven't done any of that, but I did, um, I did do real estate. I was actually quite successful here in San Diego but I've always had this sales personality and I've always loved working with people. So I think that's what got me to the point of being an entrepreneur. I opened my Amazon account in uh, 2010. Do you remember when you opened your own, Bradley? I've never really had my own Amazon account. I mean, I worked for a company maybe in, I think it was around 2012, 2013, but nothing was in my name. So I couldn't really call that my account. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking because, uh, I was checking the, the, 
times that I was in Rwanda and I was there from 2011, 2013, and then moved to Burma. And I was looking, actually, you can see all your purchases on Amazon. And I was looking to see from the time. Oh, I you're talking opened. about a buyer's account. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, buyers. Yeah. I'm sorry. Buyers. Yeah. When did I have a buyer's account? That's a good question. Yeah, but I think I still think it was around 2012. So, so you were in Burma and you you still yeah, had, had opened up your yes, account. I had my account right before going to um, overseas. And I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing this up. But I thought it was so cool that you can go to your account. You just log into Amazon, go into your account, uh, go on uh, download order reports, and it actually tells you the year you opened it and how mm. much you spent. Oh, I don't know if I yes. want to know that. Yeah. So mine actually, it was interesting. It was about 38,000. I thought it would have been a wow. little bit. <laughs> $38,000. You are privately financing Jeff Bezos divorce. Uh, right, I think. right. Exactly. But it was interesting to see how like my order uh, came in while I was overseas, because that is when I actually started falling in love with Amazon. And, uh, how I got to um, be so involved with it. So we were overseas stationed there and it was the only company that was able to send packages to us. So here you are in a third world country, you know, you can get your stuff as quick and easy, but, or at all, actually, like if you ordered something from Nordstrom, they would never ship it overseas, but Amazon was the only one to ship it there. And I was like, oh my God, how amazing is this company? So I started just you, you mean you, you said, how cool is that? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Just Amazing. like Manny. <laughs> Amazing. How cool is that? Right, Manny. <laughs> um, it, to me, it was mind blowing that you are in this country where you can't actually even find cheddar cheese in the store. You really can't. But you could order off of Amazon, like those blocks of cheese. Best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I started digging into it and see how can I be part of that? How can I be part of this growing company? How can my, my little touch make, have some, any, any effect on anybody around me? So that's when I decided to uh, start looking into selling products actually on Amazon and uh, just by researching and looking at all this, of course, back then it was so much more opportunity, but then something amazing happened, which I, at the time I, w I didn't know, I didn't recognize it, but I had a friend who um, wanted to open an Amazon store. And I was like, oh my God, perfect. I'm actually researching this. Let me help you. So he allowed me to help him like create his listing. And of course I wasn't a professional uh, then. And it was just, you know, doing basically what people do now, look at your com competition, what they're doing, how they create their listing, their photos. Um, so I helped him set that up and he started becoming very, very successful. And I said, oh my God, this, this is great. And I, of course I still had products in my mind. I should do this. But then that friend referred me to somebody else, somebody else referred me to somebody else. So it kind of became like a small service that I was providing. And of course, you know, once you get paid for it, you're like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Uh, so I continued on that path and I just became really, really good at it. So now um, instead of having products, I moved on to just offering this type of service to, um, to my clients and I absolutely love it. Okay. So, um, you know, basically rank bell, you know, is your service. I, I, I love, I love that kind of incorporates your name and talking about like ranking <laughs> on you. Amazon and, you. you know, right off the bat, I mean, th yeah. this is kind of like all the rage, you know, now I've had Ian from rebate key on here. And, and so the very first question that anybody has, whenever they hear about, you know, these kind of services, it's just, they're always they're like, wait a minute, 
isn't that against terms of service, you know, giving, giving rebates. And I remember the way Ian uh, explained it to me right here on the podcast, you know, a few weeks ago was like us growing up, you know, you didn't grow up here in this country. I don't know if you know about this because I'm not even sure if they still do this. I know you have kids now, if you might, maybe you buy them cereal, but when I was young, there'd be these cereal boxes and then there'd be like a little offer where like, I, remember, I still remember because it was my favorite one where it was like, if you, if you send in the UPC, you know, cut it off of the cereal box and send it in, we're going to give you like a Star Trek shirt. Or uh, if you cut off the UPC, send it in, we're going to give you, you know, a $10 gift certificate, or we're going to do this or that. And, and the way that, you know, Ian was explaining, it was like, that, that's basically all rebates are for, you know, companies have been using this technique on and off of Amazon for years where you, they want people to purchase it. And they're, they're telling them, Hey, if you purchase it, you know, we'll give you, you know, something, something back, you know, it's not asking for a review or anything like that, but is that your basic take or what do you tell people? Cause I'm sure when you first hire or when people first hire you, that one of their first questions is like, wait, am I going to get in trouble for this? Right. So yeah, rebates are uh, nothing new. They, they're just a little bit newer to the Amazon selling community, but rebates in general have been um, done in all the marketplaces for many, many years. Um, often, just like you mentioned, the million rebates, ma manufacturer rebates, and uh, this is this is no different, really. And we've never he uh, heard of anybody getting suspended uh, for this, and none of my sellers even got a warning from uh, Amazon on this. Even if you were to go to Costco right now and you walk down the aisle, um, you can go into like the appliance section, and if you see one of those, uh, you know, expensive blenders. If you, if you look in their price tag, you may even see now uh, what they have, um, like instant rebates. And uh, you can get, as I said, any of this product and you can mail in your receipt with proof of purchase. And some of these, if you're really, really avid shopper and deal finder, um, you may even find places that actually offer you a hundred percent full rebate. Okay. So now one, you know, unique thing about you, you know, normally I don't have people who do similar things, you know, on the podcast, I try and keep it apart, you know, for, for a year, I, I don't want people to get bored, but I do believe that what you do is very unique, you know, very different than, than rebate key. So for the first thing is there are no use of URLs in your service, correct? correct. Yes. All right. So, so how, how, how does that even work then? So, uh, we have what it's called a search find buy, which a lot of the experienced sellers uh, know what it is. It's really the most powerful uh, ranking method out there and uh, no links compared to um, the organic sales, right? And uh, another beautiful thing about RankBell is your product is completely safe from others' view. So you go to all these other rebate sites and everybody's product is there. When a new seller wants to do to start selling on Amazon, they may even look at deal sites and get ideas from there. With RankBell, you don't have that. We don't showcase your products anywhere. So your product, if it's unique, it would just be between me and you and the shoppers, obviously, but um, it would not be shown anywhere. So safety, um, it's, it's our absolute uh, virtue. Um, concierge service, I would say, so basically full service, you don't have to worry about anything. A seller comes to us, they give us the plan. Um, of course, uh, we encourage them to go to Helium 10, to Cerebro. They check their, uh, their giveaway amount, how many they need per day, which is another thing that's different than other rebate sites. 
we are able to guarantee the amount of sales needed per day. So ranking is crucial when it comes to the amount of sales needed per day. If you don't meet that quota, you may fall short. Mm-hmm. And uh, on other rebate sites, you may not be able to, um, let's say, get 80 orders in a day if you wanted to. Whereas with us, you can. So basically, you're, you know, if somebody tells you, in other words, hey, hey we want 20 orders to go out, you guarantee that there's going to be 20. It's yes. not like it could be 10, it could be 30 Correct. or something. Okay. Correct. Now, uh, a quick question, you know, talking about buyers. Now, have you seen any correlation of this as far as like the quality of a buyer for having to do with how a product ranks at all? I think when you look at a quality of a buyer, um, I automatically think of me, you, everybody else who shops on Amazon, which means if you were to go and look right now for notebooks, you would look on the first page. You would actually go and search every uh, listing, possibly if it's something that interests you. So I think impressions, um, it's what really matters. So just show a natural shopper behavior, which again is like I said, you know, if you want to look for a notebook, you will look for the one that you like. So you will go through those listings. You would see the one that's more appealing and that's what you would buy. You would see, you would look at the main photo, which by the way is very important. Make sure you're, you have the best photo on your listing. Um, Buyers only spend a few seconds and in those few seconds, they will be able to tell if they will, if they are buying your product or your competition. Right. So I think when it comes to, you know, the quality, just make sure just like any other buyer would do look at the listing, keep going through the listings and pick the one that suits you. So I think that's, that's really the key when it comes to, the natural shopping behavior, because Amazon compares that to maybe like bots or, you know, I don't know what other black hat techniques are out there. But when you, when Amazon checks their algorithm, they are able to tell how long a shopper spent on your listing. And I, so impressions I think are the number one when it comes to the quality of the shopper. Okay. And then you, you actually do take it very seriously though, as far as who you invite on the buyer side. It's not like, Hey, anybody can just go sign up to be, you know, a member to, you know, take advantage of any rebates and things, but, but you have like, like what is part of your vetting process for, for how you accept people to not, again, I'm not talking about the Amazon sellers, but but the buyers who are buying these products. Yeah. So, uh, I have a large, quite a large team. I have, um, eight of my main assistants and then I have about almost uh, close to 40, um, people that do the vetting. We want to make sure that every single one of our buyers is not somebody who would just um, go in and order a bunch of products. We are trying to stay away from uh, people who look for deals. What we want to get in our member club is people who are actually interested in your product. We want to make sure that if you come to us with, um, let's say stockings, since we're talking about Christina, if we want to make sure that the buyers who are ordering this product are actually interested in the product, we want them to give us feedback. We want them to say, um, you know, this product was amazing. This, or it, or it was defective. 
And we want to make sure that they tell us this. So we don't want just people who are looking for deals. Uh, there's other deal sites where they can do that. So our buyers um, are all verified. We make sure they only use one email address. We're not, we don't allow them to create a hundred accounts, which brings me to um, a good point, which is hijackers. Uh, we never have any issues with that because of our vetting process. So we want, we want to make sure they only use one email address. Uh, we have their actual physical address, their name. Um, we want to make sure that there are, they are a good Amazon prime member that they're not, um, what we call pro reviewers. We stay away from anybody that will do anything that's against TOS terms. Okay. That's good. And then, yeah, I think that hijacking is a big deal because when you do have these open websites, basically it's not just a matter of somebody might have 15 Amazon accounts and they're going to get 15 of the same thing and try and resell it. But what they do is they, they make their own little private Facebook groups. And then as soon as a deal goes live, they tell their 30 people, Hey, everybody hop on this deal and I'll give you a dollar each. And you just put my address as the address. And then what people don't realize is when people are thinking, oh, it, it's because people are doing discount promotions or, or rebates that is getting people suspended. This kind of behavior looks from Amazon's viewpoint as what's called brushing, which means that there's just some people trying to do fake orders and it's all going to the same address, which, you know, it's all going to the same address. In this case, not because of what was called brushing, which is what a lot of the foreign sellers use to get reviews, but they were doing it in order to try and take advantage so that they can resell. But basically that's not even an issue with yours since you know Correct. exactly who's on your buyer's list. And, and if anybody, for whatever reason, did have that behavior, you would kind of kick right. them off right away. Yeah, And by doing this for close to five years now, you get to learn buyer's behavior. So even if I were to have a conversation with somebody right now, I could tell within a few minutes what kind of sh buyer they are. Like, are they looking to scam the system or you can just sell right away. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned the brushing and that, and I've even seen YouTube videos teaching people how to um, take advantage of deal sites like that, where it's like, oh, you create this many email address and you send it to this address and seller may be completely unaware of it and may get the short stick for this. You know, yeah. they may get in trouble for something they're not even aware. Um, and of course, Amazon, you know, doesn't really care of that. If, if you took, if you did it yourself, you put yourself on that deal site, Amazon is not going to say, well, for you, you know, all these people took advantage of you. They, they don't care about that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, your responsibility. It's your product. And um, another thing about, because um, I know you asked me how uh, Rank Bell is different and you mentioned the super URLs. So the, the issues with super URL, as you know, it, it leaves a type of print into Amazon algorithm. Amazon can always go back and check and see where those orders come, come from. So even if your product is not indexed, let's say, yes, you can use a super URL. And actually um, Helium 10 has a really good, um, um, what is it, gems? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's amazing. So I, for somebody that's brand new and starting, I would uh, say use gem for a day or two or three 
until your product is indexed and then use the search find buy. Because let's say if you put your super URL on a deal site and somebody orders and you're not asking them for a review, you are not asking them. But if they do decide to leave a review and Amazon decides to check on that review and it sees that it came from a super URL, it may get it deleted, which, you know, if that happens a lot, you may flag your store. Even you, you don't even do this on purpose, right? It's just how the algorithm works. They don't look at you as a bad person. They're just putting in the numbers and they see that this happened. And then, you know, one review gets removed. And second, they're like, this guy is definitely asking for reviews, which this may not even be the case. So, uh, you know, try to, as much as you can, if you do use a super URL in the first few days, I wouldn't even do the follow-up email on those specific buys just to keep yourself safe in yeah. case somebody uh, does review. So, um, you know, with, with search find buy, we find that some of our buyers that absolutely love your product will leave some organic reviews themselves. And of course, having the follow-up system uh, really works. Just never exaggerate with that. Never abuse that because buyers, they tend to get a little, um, you know, irritated. But as long as you ask them for their absolute honest feedback to you, not on Amazon, um, say, you know, really, what did you think of my product? I think that's such a good thing. Not only it helps you um, be more successful, but you want that feedback. You want to make sure that you can fix your product and get better at it if you need to. Okay. Let's talk a little bit, since you are so experienced in this, you know, you've seen what's worked, what hasn't worked, but a question that regardless of what kind of promotion somebody is doing, I mean, their, their main goal is to get on page one and to stay on page one. And people have called that sticking the landing or how sticky is their promotion. So what are some good strategic things that you have seen people do that have a history of sticking that landing? Like what advice can you give, you know, whether they're using your service or whether they're trying to get to page one, however they're trying to on their own, what can you say about that? Well, first of all, before you even um, do a launching and a promotion, you want to make sure that your listing is fully optimized. Um, you want to make sure that your titles, um, your, your copy is perfect. So before you even start, just make sure you go to all your competition, see what they're doing. A lot of your questions will be answered in your competition's listing. Like, did they change anything? Are you seeing any differences? Look at their reviews, look what's missing. So optimize your listing to the fullest. Um, you know, it's your most valuable real estate especially the listing title, uh, you want to make sure, again, I can't stress this enough, a well-written copy, uh, utilize backend search terms, make sure you add in some Spanish terms, some misspelling, some uh, words that are used in your niche. And, uh, you know, just try to also drive some external traffic from obviously Facebook, AdWords, uh, blogs. Um, that's that's as far as your listing. Uh, photography, make sure is perfect. And I know a lot of sellers want to save money and everybody wants to save money, but there's some things that you shouldn't cheap out on. And as I, as I previously said, if you go on your, on a listing, it takes a buyer just a few seconds to realize if they want your product or not. So if your photo is amazing, your listing describes everything. Um, if you have a good rating, that's, that's where it all starts. 
Okay. We're going to get into some rapid fire here because we're getting towards the end here. And I do have some, some questions that just came to my mind. So these are be like 15, 20 seconds or less. All right. Duplicate the, your target keywords in multiple fields. Like for example, Hey, I want to rank for, you know, leather notebook. Should I put it in my bullet points plus the search terms? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Phrase form. Does that help with your ranking? In other words, if I have leather notebook bound or something, and then I have leather in the title notebook in the bullet points and bound in the search terms, does that give the same juice as if I have leather notebook bound as a phrase? I think it gives the same juice. Same juice. All right. Interesting. Now, can you give us this maybe a little bit, you know, maybe 30 seconds or 40 seconds, a cool story, bro, like a really cool story about somebody who used your service, like start from nothing, like, Hey, brand new product. Uh, they did a cool launch and boom. Oh my God. Like, you know, two months later, they're still selling like 30 units a day or, or just something, something like that. Yeah. I actually work with, with plenty sellers from, uh, from starting from scratch to really, uh, really high uh, profit. But one of the ones that I'm really, really proud of, I had an amazing seller. He um, he was doing about, not bad, about 40, 50,000 uh, in sales per month. And uh, after a few months, I would say in the span of about six to eight months, he was able to reach about 800,000. Yes, he Whoa. became bestseller. And I know that sounds like a large number. And I was also shocked and pleased at the results. Uh, but of course, he had everything perfect. Listing optimized. He was very um, aggressive with his, uh, um, you know, uh, giveaways and also utilizing PPC, uh, utilizing um, really everything that you can possibly do. So he's one of those examples that, he, he studies something, he applies it and you can see the benefit of it. All right. Last question about kind of like keywords and things like that is length of promotion. What is, you think is the best practices? Two days, eight days, like CPR, 15 days, one month. I mean, what, what's best? I've actually uh, tested all. Uh, CPR is very good. Um, I think the ones that are probably the best and in my opinion, please don't quote me on this, but um, I think the ones that are a little bit lengthier, so even 30 days, I've seen um, they're very, very good. But CPR is, um, is amazing as well. Guys, she is very easy to pick out in an event. <laughs> if you check her out on Instagram, she has a very unique look. And so like, you know, people like myself, you know, I'm like uh, about uh, eight feet tall and always wearing a hat so you can pick me out. But Isabella has her own look that you can tell. So like, how can people see you on Instagram so they can look out for you? And then also how can they find out more information about your, your yeah, service? So um, if you're looking for services, just go to rankbell.com. And actually I didn't tell you this, Bradley, but um, if uh, any of your listeners come to me, first time users to RankBell, I would uh, love to offer them a 20% of their Ooh. first order. Yes. And on Instagram, it's um, bella.com. Is that that Bella? <laughs> Love it. All right, guys, make sure to check her out. And then do I need to mention anything to get that 20% or just mention Helium 10? Uh, or? Just mention Bradley at Helium 10. Just mention Bradley. <laughs> All right, cool. I've never been a coupon code before. That's kind of exciting. Thank you for coming and stopping by. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.